I'm James Bryan Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. You're listening to episode 41. If you missed the pilot episode or this is your first time listening, this is a podcast for what we like to call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to set their minds and hearts on things above, and that's where the name of the podcast comes from, Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Greg Boyd said this profound truth, every moment is the right moment to have Christ on your mind. This is a podcast that takes seriously what we put into our minds. And I know I need to put thoughts from above in my mind each and every day. Today's thought from above is this. When it comes to temptation, there's always a way out. I think it's safe for me to say that everyone listening to this podcast has experienced temptation. I've never met a single person who's not experienced temptation. In fact, I would venture to say that For many of you listening, temptation is or has been a very real problem in your life. I haven't met a person who doesn't relate to Romans 7, wherein the person says in anguish, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. Well, I have some good news. I want to share with you what has been for me the single most important practice in overcoming temptation. But before I get to this best practice, that I found in dealing with temptation, I want to say a few words about temptation in general. And I do so because there are several false narratives about temptation that I think need to be addressed from the very start, because we first have to have the right narratives about temptation in order to defeat it. So I want to share what I believe are six important things we need to know about temptation before we can overcome it. First, everybody's tempted. You know, sometimes I think we feel like we're the only ones who struggle. And I found this lie to be a great tool of the enemy to make us think that we're all alone in our battles. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. So the truth is, we're not alone. And if you sometimes feel like, hey, my problems are really unique, now be at peace. Everybody struggles. Everyone is tempted. And there isn't any temptation that is completely unique to you. We are all in the same boat. Everybody's tempted. Second, God is not the one tempting us. You know, I think some people mistakenly think that God is testing us through our temptations. The truth is, that is a lie. James writes in James 1.13, Nobody, when they're tempted, should say, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. James is pretty blunt here. God doesn't tempt anyone. God's not in the business of testing us through temptation. In fact, I would say the last thing God desires for any of us is that we'd fall into temptation or into sin, which is precisely why Jesus tells us to pray, lead us not into temptation. So there are other sources of sin or temptation, but it is in God. The third thing I want to say is this. Temptation itself isn't sin. I know as a young Christian, I really believed in this false narrative that my temptation or any sinful desire I ever had was in fact sin itself. And I felt bad just for having a sinful thought come into my mind. 
and I used to beat myself up pretty badly for it. And man, that was not good. But then the true narrative that temptation or even a sinful desire isn't itself sin really freed me from this snare. I think it's helpful to look at what Paul wrote in Ephesians 4.26. He said, be angry, but do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Now, let's unpack that for a moment. Notice what Paul's saying. He says, be angry, but do not sin. So therefore, being angry itself isn't sin. So sin only happens when we act on it, or in the case of anger, when we harbor it or let it seep into our souls. So simply feeling anger or lust or greed or pride, any of those kind of temptations, that in itself isn't sin. So when you're tempted, don't buy that lie that just in your now in this moment of temptation that you're in fact sinning. You're not. Thinking you have already sinned puts you in a weak position, a position of shame. And in fact, in my experience, that's the very moment you need to be strong in order to turn away from the temptation. Fourth, being tempted doesn't mean you're a bad person. So this is kind of similar to the previous point. Just as I used to believe that being tempted itself was a sin, I also believed this lie, that the fact I was even tempted meant that I must be some really bad person. Somewhere I bought into this false narrative that really good Christians are never tempted. But that's silly. Again, James writes in 1.12, Blessed is anyone who endures temptation. So, if what James is saying is true, and I believe it is, then not only does temptation not mean you're a bad person, it means that you might in fact find your temptation to be an opportunity for blessing. Because if you're able to endure the temptation, James says, you are blessed. And being blessed is a far cry from being a bad person. Fifth, temptation doesn't come from outside of us, it comes from our own desires. Now, to be sure, there are Tempting things that are outside of us, many temptations, in fact, start from the outside. So we may, for example, be around someone who is gossiping, and we may find ourselves tempted to join in. So while the external reality of someone else gossiping may be a source of temptation, in order for sin to occur, it's going to have to work its way inside of us and manifest itself in the form of a a desire. Again, James is helpful to us here. But one is tempted by one's own desire, being lured and enticed by it, James 1.14. So, how does this work in the example I just gave about gossip? Okay, so someone's gossiping and we hear it. At this point, no wrong has occurred. But in that moment when we think to ourselves, this sounds fun, I think I want to join in, It's at this point that the outer temptation has become an inner desire. And this must happen to go to the next step for sin to be conceived. And this same thing happens each and every time we are tempted by something. The external lure, as James puts it, this outward bait, if you will, must connect with our inner desire in order to become sin. So again, the point is, temptation's not from the outside, ultimately it comes From the inside. Sixth, here's some good news. There's always a way out. Sometimes it feels like we're forever victims 
to temptation, forever doomed to fail. But, as Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 10.13, God will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may also be able to endure it. So, be encouraged. There is a way out. And be patient. We're almost there. So today I want to leave you with a practice that's been very helpful to me in overcoming temptation. And that is this. Play the tape. Let me explain. So think of a time when you were faced with some kind of temptation and you gave in. What happened? If you gave in to that temptation and you sinned, this I know, it went badly. Because sin is always destructive by its nature. So you have in your memory bank some tapes of what happened when you gave in to temptation. And here's the thing. It's actually a good thing. It's a blessed thing because those tapes are the key to you saying no next time that you're tempted. So let's go back to the gossiping example. You're with some people in conversation and suddenly someone starts to gossip and you soon recognize that it's happening. Then you may feel drawn into it. The thought may occur to you that this is exciting. You may think, I may hear some juicy piece of information or something exciting, or I may experience some kind of pleasure that comes from gossiping. At this point, you haven't sinned. It is at this point you need to employ this practice. Play the tape. Play the tape of what happened the last time you gave in to this temptation. And in that tape, you'll be reminded that there was nothing good in it. You'll remember that you actually regretted it. You will see clearly that nothing good came from it, and a whole lot of bad resulted. So, simply play that tape right away. Doing so has helped me walk away from temptation more than any other practice. And there's another way you can play the tape. This is the tape of the time you turned away from the temptation. Maybe you cut off the gossip by saying something positive about the person being gossiped about. Or maybe you simply walked away. What does that tape look like? It's a very different result. In this case, you felt strong. You felt good. You did the right thing. You were walking in the light, as John said, and it felt right because that's who you are. C.S. Lewis put it this way, Any man who gives into temptation after five minutes simply does not know what it would have been like an hour later. What Lewis is alluding to is playing the tape. In those early moments of temptation, the sin may look enticing. But if you play the tape, if you remember what happens 10 minutes or 20 minutes or an hour later, you can see it for what it is. And awareness is always our best weapon in dealing with temptation. So, when you're tempted, remember, everybody's tempted. God isn't tempting you. The temptation itself isn't a sin. You're not bad. Temptation is not an outer but an inner battle, and there's always a way out. And when you're faced with temptation, remember to do this. Play the tape. I hope you join me next week for episode 42. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith, and you can learn more about this podcast at ApprenticeInstitute.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, and you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. 
My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind? Your answer will be, things above.